Locked out. We're locked in. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, live from the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Here is your special SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, presented by Bordelon Furniture. That's right. Welcome to the ATL Atlanta, Georgia. On this Tuesday edition of Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. What's going on? Matt Miguez here. Once again, College Football Hall of Fame in a rainy Atlanta, Georgia, on this Tuesday afternoon. We got a lot to get into today. It was Saban Day, and I don't think I need to say any more. The, the pandemonium that always seems to surround Nick Saban was in full effect today. I mean, fans came in bunches and bunches into the College Football Hall of Fame dressed in some of the wildest Alabama outfits I think I've ever seen. Uh, one guy had a homemade national championship ring hat on his head. Um, absolutely, absolutely unreal. Producer extraordinaire, co-host with the most, James Mesh, pushing the buttons back in the master control suite in beautiful Karen Crow, Louisiana. James, what's going on, bud? What's up, Matt? How you doing over there on day two? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm get, uh, the, the fatigue is starting to set in a little bit. It is. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, you know, these are, these are fun days, you know, getting to hang out and meet new people and listen to these coaches. You know, this is like the unofficial start of the college football season. But, man, these days are long. One thing that I'm, I've been trying to figure out since yesterday is which jerseys are which over on your right shoulder? So I've got – you got a Maryland jersey. You've got some – so that whole exhibit is a – it's evolution of the uniform. Okay. And so it, it, it has jerseys from, like, the 1940s up until the 1960s. And I don't know if you can see there's a baby blue one down down the line i do see a baby blue uh that's troy aikman's ucla jersey oh okay uh so that's pretty cool um man some of the artifacts that they have in here is is super impressive um they have a they have a trevor lawrence clemson jersey um they have the original blueprint of michigan stadium the big house here on on display um the trombone from the band player that was was Washington. It was Stanford and Cal, the the game where the band ran on the field too early and the the yeah. player. Yeah, the the trombone is in a, a display here in Atlanta. So just just some really cool, you know, things that you might not expect uh, to be on display here in here at the College Football Hall of Fame. But, you know, again, going back to SEC Media Days, heard from four coaches today. Nick Saban spoke. Clark Lee from Vanderbilt spoke. You had Shane Beamer from South Carolina. And then you had Mike Leach. And Mike Leach reminds me a lot of Lane Kiffin. He's got that personality. He's got that, you know, that thing about him that everybody – wants to sit there and go, you know, he's going to say something good. Uh, so there was a lot of people there when, when Mike Leach took the podium. 
He said a lot. He cracked some jokes. Uh, but one thing that I've picked up on in, in talking to Mississippi State players today is they're very confident in their group. So, you know, maybe look out for the Bulldogs this year. Because they they seem confident in, in what they've got. Will Rogers is a good young quarterback, so who knows? Maybe the Bulldogs might make some noise in the SEC West. And, and this will be Rogers' third year in the yeah. air raid, so I feel like he'll be a master at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Call in on the game hotline if you want to get in on the show. Three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. Here in Acadiana, you can watch it on the Simulcast Stadium thirty two point three and channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. So, poll question of the day: James and I, and really Ray and I also, we've been making jokes about you know the sleep deprivation and the mental fatigue of being at an event like SEC Media Days. So that's our poll question of the day: Will Miguez make it through SEC Media Days? Yes or no? So far, it's looking no. <laughs> you don't want to say no, but you, you can't give a confident yes. Uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be just fine. You'll be a zom- um, You'll be a zombie by the time you get back. Now, now Friday's show is gonna be back in the studio. Yes. So that show will be interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. First day um, back in the studio. It'll yeah. it'll be a little interesting. You might I might have a zombie. On and the then mic. I'll and then I'll be in the studio on Monday, and then Tuesday and Wednesday we'll be in New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Day. There you go. So Matt Miguez is a is a traveling man. Where in the world is Matt Miguez? Hey, that could be a fun game. That could be a fun game. All right, huge show today on this Tuesday edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh at 4.30, Mr. Jake Crane. You may have heard of him. He's the host of the Daily Wire's Crane and Company, Jake Crane, Blaine Crane, and David Cohn. Three guys, if you haven't looked at the Daily Wire, it is an online news outlet that has grown massively successful. And uh, Crane and Company is Daily Wire's leading weekly, not weekly, daily sports show they're on every day from 11 to 2 jake will join me here live from sec media days we're going to talk about his he posted a thing on twitter earlier and i'll retweet it from the games page he posted his top five quarterbacks in the sec and obviously bryce young's number one like that's not a surprise but then two through five are a little intriguing, and so we'll uh, we'll, we'll pick his brain on that and a couple other things related to the SEC. And then at five fifteen, really excited about this guest, Mr. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. He stopped by earlier today to talk about the Senior Bowl and how they've become, you know, kind of the top college football all star game. You know, he, he passed a comment. This is a little spoiler alert for the interview. Each of the last two years, 106 players that have gone to the Reese's Senior Bowl have been drafted. That's an impressive number. That's almost half the draft coming out of the Reese's Senior Bowl. 
So we'll talk to Jim about the Senior Bowl, what the evaluation process is like, how they determine their rosters, things like that. And, of course, your phone calls. Once again, 706-0111. The MLB All-Star Games tonight, we can talk about that. We can talk about the Home Run Derby from last night. Julio Rodriguez putting on a show. 81 homers in three rounds. However, was not quite enough to get past Juan Soto. He wins the Home Run Derby for the second time in his career. Now, while we're on the subject of Juan Soto, James, i got to ask you a hypothetical question, which in case you didn't know, Nick Saban hates those. But anyways, <laughs> um, if, you got, uh, if, you, if somebody offered you a 15-year, $440 million contract, I don't care how bad the team is, they offered you that dollar amount. Would you take it? Ten. You said it was ten years. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Four hundred and forty million dollars. That is that is a really long commitment. And and I I get that I I do, but four hundred and forty million dollars. Oh, I put in the wrong number. I was gonna see how much on average that would be. That's like twenty nine. It's, it's like tw- 20, oh, 26 mil a year for 15 years. I mean, I'd be good for the rest of my life. It'd be really difficult for me to gamble that away. I mean, if you're if you're throwing 400 million at my face and I got to stay there for 15 years, I'm not big on moving and I don't like to move often. So I, I, I'd probably take it. Yeah, I mean, again, 15 years, 440 million dollars that's 29.3 million dollars a year like how do you not instantly say yes and then you're bound to get some endorsement deals absolutely so you'd make even more money you're the 23 year old face of the washington nationals granted the washington nationals have dropped off quite a bit since they won the world series a couple years ago but you're still in a high market of Washington, D.C. You're the face of the franchise. And not to mention, you're filthy, stinking rich. It's hard to argue against it. And as I said yesterday, Juan Soto is the home run derby champ. Right. Right. So now, you know, do the Astros, do the Astros try to make a run at Juan Soto? You know, that's been the conversation now. Now that he's not going to be, he's not going to sign a long-term deal with the Nationals, the Nationals are now looking at trade options. Could the Astros put a package together to land the 23-year-old? That, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, the All-Star, the MLB deadline, the trade deadline is in a couple weeks. I don't know that they're going to get anything done before the deadline, but uh, this offseason... That might be the top story to look out for between uh, the MLB storylines. A storyline that I want to touch on from here at SEC Media Days, Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee made a comment while he was on the podium. And I'm not going to read the whole comment, but I'm going to read the most important part of it. And this is uh, this is a direct quote from Coach Lee. It says, We know in time that Vanderbilt will be the best football program in the country. 
Now, I, I don't I don't want to sound rude, but uh, that is a very interesting take, James. Best in the country within the next couple of years? We know in time that Vanderbilt will be the best football program in the country. Define the best. <laughs> That's the, the, that. the best the best in Tennessee? The best, you know, in Nashville? Because if, if you're really going to sit there and say the best team in the country... I'm going to have to see it. Your your career record at Vandy, not not just your career, the history of the program. This is their this is their record. 549, 625 and 43. They have a historically losing record and it's almost by 100 games. They've never been good. They'd have to go crazy in the transfer portal and then just have the best signing classes for the next for the next 20 years. They have never been ranked in the preseason AP poll. They have finished in the top 25 three times. And then in total, in their history, 119 seasons, they have spent 31 weeks ranked in the top 25. James, that's not good. That's not a good history. That's not good. They were 2-10 and 10 last year, 0-9 the year before that. Ugh. They haven't had a winning season since 2013 under James Franklin. His last two years at Vandy, they were 9-4, and four, which is what got him to Penn State. I mean, they, they just, they're not a good team. They never have been, and, and I hate to say that they never will be, but they probably never will be. It would take a lot. It would take a lot to turn this that program around. I just... To, to sit there, and, and I'm all for coaches having, you know, confidence in their group. Like, y- you should as a coach, right? But, but I, need, I need realistic expectations. Right. I, you can't sit there and say, oh, they're going to be the best team in the country. No, they're not. That would be like saying, you know, I think Louisiana Monroe is going to win the national championship. Win. In an alternate universe? And and again, that's not a knock on ULM, but it's never going to happen. And I, and I used ULM they, as an example, but like they, any school on that level, like it's not going to happen. I was going to say that they are levels behind teams like Georgia and Alabama. And oh, Clemson, absolutely. Like in Ohio State. They are levels. It's not they're just one knockdown. No, they're three, four, five knocks down. Absolutely. Like, you have to do so much. You need the best players in the country. You need the coaching staff to be competent enough to where you don't screw up the play calls. For sure. You also need to not just have one good year of transfer portal. You need to do that every year getting them and then get the players coming out of high school as well. And and it's and like, I'll, who who is going to want to all of a sudden go to Vanderbilt? What right. makes you so enticing? Like I, I like Coach Lee. I think Coach Lee's going to do a good job at Vandy. But let's be honest here. A good job at Vandy is going 500. They haven't had a 500 season since 2013. 
I'm sorry. Uh, that was conference record. But, no, uh, hold on. My point still stands. They haven't had an above 500 season since 2013 when they had a .692 winning percentage. And they were 500 in the conference that year. And again, I'm not knocking, but don't come in here saying, oh, Vanderbilt's going to be the best program in the country when you have not the slightest iota of evidence to back it up. Once again, got a great show for you today here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, coming to you live from the College Football Hall of Fame here in Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks to our title sponsor, Bordelon Furniture, with locations in Crowley, Jennings, and Marksville. And guys, this month only, power recliners on sale for $6.99 at Bordelon Furniture. It is a great investment if you want a new recliner in your man cave. So again, Bordelon Furniture, Crowley, Jennings, and Marksville if you want to take advantage of that great deal through the end of July. You've watched his TV specials. You've listened to his podcast. Now we, you can see comedian Burt Kreischer live in person at the Cajun Dome September 16th. And all you got to do is send a text. To score tickets, join the game's text club by texting Burt to 337-283-8100. That's B-E-R-T to 337-283-8100. Once you become a member, you'll be eligible to win tickets to see Burt Kreischer live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of the Games Text Club. We'll take a timeout right here. We'll bring the audio from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, as well as Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. On the other side, you're listening to the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Our guy Miguez is lonely in Atlanta. So why don't you drop him a line on the game hotline, 337-706-0111, or comment on our Facebook page. Back to the SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time, presented by Bordelon Furniture. Oh, I'm lonely, all right. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, coming to you live from the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here, James Mesh and Daryl back in the master control suite. James, yesterday we spoke or we heard from the commissioner of the SEC, Mr. Greg Sankey, and you know, he had a lot to say about a few different topics, including, you know, NIL and conference realignment and how they don't plan to expand further than the additions of Texas and Oklahoma. But to me, the the best comment that he made is that he feels that the SEC is the strongest that it's ever been. I'm proud to say, in my view, and I think in the view of our entire membership, the Southeastern Conference is stronger now than at any other time in our history. We're poised to grow to 16 members on July 1st, 2025. This expansion keeps the SEC 
in contiguous states which supports a reasonable geography among like-minded universities and keeps us confident that fan interest will continue to grow in our communities, in our region, in this country, and literally across the globe. There's no sense of urgency in our league, no panic in reaction to others' decisions. We know who we are, we are confident in our collective strength, and we are uniquely positioned to continue to provide remarkable experiences educationally and athletically, along with world-class support to student-athletes. He also spent some time talking about if there was a correlation at all between the term super conferences and name, image, and likeness. I think we, we, the Southeastern Conference, were a super conference before name, image, and likeness. In fact, I've made that clever, I've provided that clever answer uh, a few times over the last seven or eight years. Um, there are any number of good stories. You know, I was up the road here an hour in Athens, Georgia, when, when Auburn gymnastics competed and SUNY Lee was cheered by everyone in Stegman Coliseum. You don't get that much between uh, rivals when, when they're cheering for an individual student athlete. Um, I'll stay. Karis Jackson talked about a Bojangles deal when he was in, in Destin with our leadership group talking about it. He was 45 steps to making a Bojangles biscuit that he engaged in on social media. Um, Olivia Dunn at LSU is one of the good stories. Very prepared, very ready for that. Those are the activities that we thought would be present and, and should be present, allow young people to build the brands. And I think there are uh, many more stories beyond just what you read in recruiting uh, that are positive. But one of the concerns up front was that we not do this state by state. We need uniformity. That feeds in to our ability to have national competition during the regular season and support national championships. And so the notion of some oversight, transparency, uh, regulation of the market, I think, is exactly what helps everyone. Now, the question that is yet to be answered and will only be answered in due time is, are super conferences and NIL, you know, lack of regulation, is that good for college football? You know, does that create a mini NFL, like some people have said? You know, that's questions that are that are yet to be answered, and, and re like I said, can only be answered as time goes on, as you know, this fluid situation keeps developing. I don't think it's good for college football, but I could be proven wrong. We'll see what happens with that. We'll take a timeout right here, and when we return, Mr. Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company on the Daily Wire, is going to join us. We, we, we got to talk about this top five quarterback list that he put out because I, I got some questions. So we'll do that on the other side. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The circus that is SEC Media Days is in Atlanta, and Miguez and Mesh have you covered. Here is the SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time, presented by Portalon Furniture on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know we got you covered. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 533 here in Atlanta, 433 back home in Acadiana. I am joined by Mr. Jake Crane. He is the host of Crane & Company on the Daily Wire weekdays from 11 to 2 in the central time zone. Jake, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, man. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on, and, and I know you all talk a lot of Astros, so let me be the first one to say go Braves. Oh, <laughs> man. I got to get it started off on the right note. You know that. So did, did you grow up in Georgia? Are you a Braves guy? Man, I've been – so, you know, growing up in the state of Alabama, we didn't have any pro teams, whether it was, you know, NFL, Major League Baseball. So naturally you kind of gravitated toward the Braves. Chipper Jones is – you know, I don't, nope. I don't get starstruck by a lot of people, but if Chipper walked through here, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty excited. So, yeah, I just kind of always gravitated to him. And it's funny, my, blank, uh, my brother, who's the ultimate contrarian, has been a Yankees fan his whole life, so I'm having oh, to deal God. with that right now. But other than that, it's good. Yeah, you know, he, he – He's got to be high on himself, considering the Yankees are arguably the top team in baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just can't wait to can't wait to watch them fall flat in their face when it matters. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So, day two wrapping up here at SEC Media Days. You know, from from your perspective, you know, growing popularity, you know, getting getting some high profile guests. You know, what's the last two days been like? Oh man, it's you know it's been great. You know, I always love this time of year because it means we're getting close to football. Uh, it's, it's always fun to, to watch these guys, these coaches come up. You know, I was in the business for nine years and, and you know, kind of understand the, this is part of it. You see some guys that kind of embrace it, uh, some guys that are just trying to get through it. You know, I thought Brian Kelly kind of, uh, you know, using all the jokes and, and kind of laughing along with them at himself. Right, right. I thought that was pretty cool to be able to see him. And, and we've talked a lot about LSU in the past couple of days. I mean, if you're an SEC fan of another school, LSU with structure is about as scary as it gets out there. You know, if you can win one with Edo and win one with Les Miles, who I don't know if he ate more of the grass or smoked more of it then who knows what Brian Kelly can do so uh, it's been fun you know Lane's always fun Leach is always fun uh, you know apparently Clark Lee thinks Vanderbilt's going to be the best football uh, program in the country I don't know on what planet or when but uh, you know again you got to come up here and say those things we, we were just talking about that uh, e easily I mean, if, if you're going to an alternate universe, sure, Vanderbilt can be. Look, listen, I mean, if we're talking about Marvel, I mean, if we're talking about, like, the Avengers, like, alternate universe, maybe I get it. If we're talking about a spelling bee or, like, a geography test, I get it. But we're, we're not. We're talking about football. And I'm starting to get to the point with Vanderbilt to where I'm, I'm thinking maybe, like, they're in charge of the money in the Southeastern Conference. Like, maybe they're like, right. all right, just we'll take the smartest guy from Vandy. You handle all the money, and that's why they're still in because $40 million a year for that product. And, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a tough job. But James Franklin won nine games there two years in a row, which I think gets you an infinity stone, speaking about the Avengers. Absolutely. Now, you know, one thing I noticed today is when, uh, when Nick Saban speaks, everybody listens. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, it's like when the Emperor comes on the ship in Star Wars. I mean, when he starts talking, even Vader shuts up. And then, see, here's the thing. I didn't ask him any questions. I really just wanted to sit there and listen because this is my first SEC Media Days. Nice! This is so, my second. So, so I, I, I've it. never been in the same room with Nick Saban. So mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to sit there and you know, kind of take it all in. I noticed that he answers a question without saying anything. It's, an, it's the ultimate art form, and, and you don't ask him hypotheticals. Uh, Nick Saban is one of the best, and that's why it was so funny to me because he's so calculated in what he does. He doesn't take risks that if you'd have told me that Greg Sankey would have to reprimand Nick Saban for causing a distraction, I would have put you on the first boat to Shutter Island and you know, wished <laughs> you well. Uh, 
uh, he's look. There's a reason he's done what he's done. Uh, he's he's unbelievably malleable as a head coach. I, I don't think people realize too how funny like Nick Saban the person really is. Uh, Kirby Smart's the same way. So yeah, man. Uh, first, congrats on the first media days too, Thank man. You. That was Thank me you. last year. Uh, trying to get you know, kind of getting used to it now. So uh, now Nick, Nick Saban is is the ultimate communicator, the ultimate man of non-word salad, but somehow it still doesn't you know result in anything big, which is what he wants. Right. Right. So focusing on LSU now, you know, you talked about Brian Kelly yesterday. One thing that really resonated with me was his conversation about trust. Yeah. And how, you know, it's a two-way street. You know, players have to earn his trust, but at the same time, he has to earn the trust of his players. To hear a coach say that, you know, as a player, you got to be like, man, I'm really blessed to be working for a guy like this. Yeah, you know, humility. Because, look, you, to be a head coach in the SEC and in high-level college football in general, you have to have somewhat of an ego. Like, it's, it's, that's just how it is. That's the way the business is. But, you know, the thing I think Brian Kelly understands is, is and I think people don't give enough credit for this, whether it's making fun of the Southern accent or anything like that, there's a reason he's had a lot of success. There's a reason his players have played so hard for him, whether it's at Cincinnati, you know, whether it's at Central Michigan, and, you know, whether it was at Notre Dame, obviously, because I feel like Jen Genuinely, to get a guy to run through a wall for you, to get a guy to, you know, do all the things that it takes to have success at this level, he's got to believe you love him more than the game. And, and once the players understand that, because look, you can you can trick a lot of people. It's hard to trick an 18 to 22 year old when it comes to this because they see it every day. They just got out of high school, which you know 70 percent of what goes on in, in high school is fake stuff. They can spot a fake guy from a, from a mile away. So hearing BK say that it, it makes you know that that he understands the connection that there needs to be, and the players need to know that you have their back. And then when it's on fourth and one, and you need that yard or fourth and inches, and you need that stop. They're going to have your back. Right. So I, I think he understands that. Absolutely. Jake Crane joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. All right, looking at your top five quarterbacks in the SEC, mm -hmm. you got Will Levis at five, which I don't, I don't disagree with. Uh, Will Levis is a very talented guy, and I think he's going to put Kentucky back on the SEC map. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have Hendon Hooker at four, which, again, very solid quarterback for Josh Heupel in Tennessee. Then... Here's where I, I don't. I'm not going to say that I disagree. Will Rogers at three. Mm -hmm. What do you like about him? Man, there's a lot to like, and you know, I, I think with Will Rogers, people get hung up on the air raid. Well, regardless of what system you run as a quarterback or, or what type of schematical identity you have offensively, you got to make the right decisions. And people look at that 74% completion percentage. They say, "Oh, it's the air raid," or "Oh, it's just because of the system." I'm gonna be honest with you: 75% completion percentage. I don't care if you're throwing swing passes the whole game. That that's pretty good. But Will, from a release standpoint, because again, you look at the system, and, and obviously you got to look at that. But you look at him being able to throw the whole shot in cover two. You look at him having touch on the deep ball, having a big enough arm to lead the receiver enough down the field, guys running 4-4, four four, but also being able to throw the slip screen, being able to throw the back shoulder, the timing of it, the way he gets the ball out. So I think people get caught up on the list, and there's a difference between the top five NFL draft board quarterbacks in the SEC, right. and then the top five quarterbacks that are going to get the ball down the field and put it into the end zone, and I think Will Rogers has shown the ability to do that. It's another year in the system. Mississippi State's returning a lot, uh, so I, I think Will's very talented. I think Will's going to have a pretty decent NFL career. One guy I'm surprised that you didn't put on this list is Anthony Richardson at Florida. Yeah, got to see more. Um, again, it's... it's uh, 
it's like Spencer Rattler. Like, I'm, I don't get the Spencer Rattler hype. I don't know how you think somebody's going to go from Lincoln Riley's offense to another one, and all of a sudden they're just going to be some sort of guru. I mean, Lincoln Riley's one of the best quarterback coaches there is. Spencer right. Rattler's problem is he stares at the rush. That's what he does. He looks at the rush. So if he can fix that, the kid's got arm talent. I, I, I can see that. But all this, he's the number two quarterback in the SEC. I'm going to tell you what's going on. There's going to be a lot of letdown people when, when this, if he doesn't fix the problems. Okay? Because Caleb Williams just took his job. Yep. He just took it from him. They took him out in the Texas game because he stared at the rush every single play. But as far as Anthony Richardson goes, he's got all the talent in the world. But there's been a lot of guys with a lot of talent uh, that haven't panned out. Got a big arm and stuff like this. You can throw it 80 yards. That's great. But it's kind of like the 40 in linebacker. If you've got to run 40 yards to catch somebody, then I don't want you. But I've got to see it this year. He has an unbelievable ceiling. But my, my list wasn't the top five quarterbacks with the best ceiling. It's the top five quarterbacks that are going to go out there and produce. And Ford's roster, you know as well as I do, brother, isn't where it needs to be right now. What do you make of LSU's quarterback battle? Who's starting week one? You know, I want it for Miles. I want it for Miles. Uh, you know, again, he's, he's been so unfortunate, but the guy can't stay healthy. You know, I, 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 we know what he's done when he's been in there. He's been really good, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I know Jaden Daniels has started a bunch of games, but going from the Pac-12 to the SEC, the defenses don't get smaller and slower, and I think he puts the ball in harm's way. But I do think that's where Brian Kelly is going to be his biggest asset. I think Jaden Daniels kind of fits a little bit more of what Brian Kelly wants to do offensively, having guys that can extend plays, having guys that are a threat to run, which takes some pressure uh, you know, uh, uh, off you in multiple ways in the run game and the pass game, whether it's zone read or whether it's drop back or whether uh, it's sprint out or anything like that. So I think Jaden Daniels will probably end up being the guy, but I, I just hope Miles can stay healthy. I mean, he's 33 years old now, right? He's been at LSU. Yep. You know, he signed in the same classes. You know, I feel like Brett Favre. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, LSU will be fine offensively with, with whoever they, they go with because Brian Kelly, we know how to manipulate it, but it's just how high is the ceiling, I think, is the question. No question. Now, you know, new coaches in the SEC – Billy Napier being one at the University of Florida, Brian mm -hmm. Kelly also at LSU. You know, what do you what do you see out of Billy Napier in Florida? I mean, I know you talked about the, the roster not quite being mm -hmm. where it should be, but Billy Napier, you know, coming from Lafayette, Louisiana, we know Billy Napier pretty well. And uh, I, I think he's going to do great things in Florida. What do you think? Look, I, I do, too. Uh, you know, I, I was in the Sun Belt for a long time. I got buddies that coach in there. They got a ton of respect for Billy. Uh, schematically, he's a guy that understands it. You know, he played quarterback from a football family. Uh, I don't think people realize how bad the roster was with Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham and them last year. I don't think they fired Dan Mullen just because of the win-loss record. If you look at the trajectory of Florida and that roster, they were going downhill. You talked about Brian Kelly and the, the genuine feeling with the players and trusting each other. They kind of lost that at Florida, and it's going to take – I never thought I'd say this, but it's going to take Florida a little bit of time to get some talent in there yep. because from a depth standpoint – because people get – I think people get caught up in the wrong things. You think, oh, well, our starting 11 versus your starting 11, we're going to beat you up. No, it's not about your starting 11. It's not about your starting 22. It's your, really your, your 60. That, that it's your 60-man roster versus other, other people's 60-man roster. Because while you got 85 scholarships and walk-ons and stuff like that, it's not as uh, – with the battle of attrition that the SEC is, it's going to take Billy some time, but I like the hire. Last question I've got for you, Jake. Talk to me about Crane & Company. Talk to mm -hmm. me about the partnership with the Daily Wire, working with your brother – Working with a guy like David Cohn, you know, just how's that been? Man, it's been unbelievable. I mean, we're, we're so blessed. You know, I started out, this is only really my second year 
officially in media. Uh, started out the J-Boy show, it was just me talking. David Cohn was producing the show with video, and Blaine was helping with, with things. Uh, he was executive producer. And then we came here to the College Football Hall of Fame, and we signed with Colin Cowherd. Uh, they both integrated him in the show. It was you know flawless. Uh, it was funny. Uh, our investors of the company that started the LLC didn't know we were going to do it until we did it. And after the first show, they're like, why haven't we been doing this You know, the whole right, time? Right. It, was, it was a great idea. And then we, when we were renegotiating with Cowherd and Ben Shapiro reached out to me, um, you know, it was a no-brainer. Uh, we always wanted to be a national sports show. I mean, we talk a whole hell of a lot of football. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I feel like we're versatile enough to be able to talk about the, the major sports and everything that's going on. And, you know, while we work for an organization that is obviously political, we very rarely touch politics. When we do touch it, it's when things intersect with sports. You know, NIL can be looked at as political. There's a lot of things going on right now. So it's been a blessing. It's been unbelievable. Uh, I think there's a lane for people that don't try and, you know, shove agendas down your throat in sports. I think sports is one of the last great unifiers we have as a country. And the minute we start losing that is, is you know, bad for society. I think I, I really think it is. I'm not trying to, you know, give you, I guess, coach speak from, from that standpoint of it. But it's been unbelievable. I mean, Nashville is a great place. And working for Ben and them and Jeremy Boring and Caleb Robinson and those guys, they give us freedom. Um, they give us a chance to come down here to places like this. And we have a crew that, that does stuff for us now, which, you know, lets us focus just on the content. And, and you know, we're running our play and, and it's working. And so I'm just really excited, man. And uh, football season coming up. we got a lot of big plans. So uh, it's been great. Where can people find the show? Man, you can find us with Crane and Company on YouTube, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Um, Jake Crane underscore on Twitter. We're at Crane Company on Twitter. You can follow all the guys. And, look, if you want that sports bar vibe, like you walked in and we're talking to, you know, former coaches and former players, uh, I think you may get some angles that, you know, you wouldn't get a lot of times because I've been in, we've been in those rooms. You know, I, under, I understand it, whether it's the war room in recruiting, whether it's the offensive defensive staff meeting, whether it's the special team meeting. You know, I've seen it. It's like I always say, if I was a chef for nine years, I'd probably have a pretty good chef podcast. So right. uh, it's been great. Right. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jake, big fan of what you guys are doing. Really appreciate you taking the Well, time. man, I appreciate it. You know, i got a whole heck of a lot of respect for you, and, and you guys are one of my favorites as well, and congrats on the first media day, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company. We'll take a time out right here, and we'll wrap up hour number one of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the other side. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back into Crunch Time with me as a mesh live from the College Football Hall of Fame here in Atlanta on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station and in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here, James Mesh back in Acadiana. 551 here in Georgia, 451 back home. Almost done with our number one. Let's update the poll question of the day. Will Miguez make it through SEC Media Days? So far, 33% of you say yes, and 66% of you say no. Does, do I need to take that as I need to up the energy here in Atlanta? James? I need you to get hype. I, I mean, I, th I thought I was. I thought that was a pretty solid first hour. No, the, the Jake Crane one was really good. Dude, I, I love Jake Crane. And, you know, I, I don't really like to, you know, quote-unquote fanboy over people. But, man, Jake Crane is fantastic at what he does. Uh, just really next-level 
I mean, he's gone from hosting his own show to, like he said, partnering with Colin Cowherd, and now he's on the Daily Wire, which is run by Ben Shapiro, which whether you like politics or not, Ben Shapiro is a nationally known name. I mean, that's a popular dude. And when Ben Shapiro calls you and says, hey, I want you to run a sports show on my new network, you ki- are you kidding me? And then he gets to work with his brother and one of his childhood best friends. It, it's really a great show. Crane & Company on YouTube. Check them out. They post a show daily, Monday through Friday. And uh, again, like he, Jake put it perfectly, you know, a very laid-back sports bar type conversational setup. And uh, they, like I said, they do really good stuff right there. Really appreciate Jake Crane for taking the time out of his busy couple of days here in Atlanta. Comment on the poll question from Tan. He says, you got this. Just remember purple and gold. You know, it's funny because we've talked about this a lot. I got so much crap yesterday, James. And not really crap, uh, just a, a lot of people making sure to point it out that I was wearing a purple and gold tie yesterday. I had a lot of people message me, is that a purple and gold tie I see? Oh, purple and gold looks good on you. Oh, you know, go Tigers. And I'm just like, can't I just wear this tie in peace, please? No. No, you can't. (laughs) God, man. Like, anyways. All right, a couple minutes left again here. Hour number one. Hour number two, Jim Nagy is going to join us, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, as well as we'll bring you audio clips from the Lane Train himself, Ole Miss head coach, Mr. Lane Kiffin. James, funny story about Lane Kiffin. I'm sure you saw the viral moment where he signed a mustard bottle yesterday. Um... If you if you're unfamiliar, the Ole Miss Tennessee game, a couple, yeah, I think it was last year, um, in Knoxville, he was hit in the head with a mustard bottle, as well as golf balls, and then it happened again at a baseball game this past year, and so a fan, and actually come to find out, it was an LSU fan, they showed up here in Atlanta with a mustard bottle. They thought it would be funny to, you know, just kind of see what kind of reaction they would get out of them. And they said, uh, we, Ray and I got to talk to him this afternoon, and they said that uh, Lane Kiffin laughed and autographed the mustard bottle. I mean, just how, how cool. That, that's such a story. I mean, you go in your house, somebody's house, why do you have an autographed mustard bottle? Instant conversation starter. Oh, yeah, that's great. I Instantly. mean, I mean who, who else has... A sign mustard bottle of Lane, from Lane Kiffin. Nobody. Exactly. One of a kind. It's fantastic. And then, did you see the socks that he was wearing yesterday? I didn't see the socks, but I saw the Jordans. Okay, so the Jordans were sweet, right? Yeah. But then he's wearing powder blue socks with red wording and whatnot. And then there's little trains on it. And the socks say, all aboard. All aboard the Lane train. That, he's such a character, and I love it. He's such a character. And, guys, if you're listening back home in Acadiana, please hang around for hour number two because these audio clips are fantastic. It's one thing I love about Lane Kiffin. He's always going to bring you top-level content. 
So again, we will do that in hour number two. We will chat with Jim Nagy about the Reese's Senior Bowl. And, of course, we will take your phone calls on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. But if you want to score a brand new Apple Watch, the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles wants to help you do that. And all you have to do is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win that Apple Watch, plus tons of chances to score other great prizes, like tickets to the Houston Astros and much more. It's the Games Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll talk more with... Lane Kiffin, once again, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, and we will bring you home run derby talk and get you set for the All-Star game tonight in beautiful Los Angeles, California. You're locked into the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, hour number two after this top-of-the-hour sports update. SEC, SEC, SEC. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, live from the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Here is your special SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, presented by Bordelon Furniture. Hour two of two. Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh back in the control suite, 602 here in Atlanta, 502 in Acadiana. Again, Nick Saban, Mike Leach, Clark Lee, and Shane Beamer all speaking today with the media. We'll bring you clips from that tomorrow. Today, however, we, we need to talk about a couple things, James. And the, the first couple things that I want to get to are not SEC-related. And, and one of them is the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers hosted a or a trio of Lakers players hosted a meeting last night between LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. They hosted a meeting last night to confirm their commitment to the team. Okay, here's my thing. It's great that they want to hold their commitment to the team, but why the hell do you have to have a meeting to do that? Let's go to the game hotline, 706-0111. Let's bring Martin in. What's going on, Martin? Uh, I have faith in you, uh, Miguel. You know, uh, you might make it, but I don't see the use of staying. I mean, the, the, the best team, the best coach has already spoken. I mean, your future 20... 22, 23, college football national champions, Alabama Crimson. So, I mean, that, that's the cream of the, the crop right there. I mean, I don't know what was used to, I mean, if you want to listen to that wannabe coach, um, Kirby Smart, and uh, I mean, I, I don't see no more
Yeah, you know, the, the, the wannabe coach that hoisted the national championship trophy just a couple months ago. Oh, I mean, we got to let somebody win uh, every once in a We can't win every year, okay? We can't win every year. We got to let somebody win. So, we, 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 I mean, people hate us enough, you know. I mean, we got to give somebody else a chance. But uh, we'll be back on the top of the uh, the college football mountain this year. Uh, going to smash everybody. I mean, ain't nobody going to get close to beating Bama this year. They're going to be too good. But, uh... I was calling him. Uh, uh, my pick almost won the home run derby last year. I just think he won- he ran out of gas, but yeah. J J Rod had a uh, he had a great night, man. I mean, eighty one home runs in three rounds. I think he ran out of gas, man. I mean, and the, with the pace that they uh, they do now, like with the new uh, timer and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I think I think he just ran out of gas, uh, but. What are your thoughts on um, like uh, them settling in a home run derby if the if the All Star game uh, ends up in a tie? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that that's fair, um, just because you know it seems like you know the All Star game's kind of lost its you know pizzazz, if you will, um, uh-huh. and, and so. Playing playing more than nine innings is isn't worth it. I mean, you start risking injury at that point. So a, a home run derby will get the fans involved, and it gets the game done faster. So if if it's tied after nine innings, I think a home run derby is fair. Well, here I'm gonna I'm go out on a limb. What about like if the NBA would start doing that for its All Star game, but instead do a do a slam dunk contest or a three point contest to to, uh, to decide the, the winner? What do you think about that? I mean, if you think about it, the NHL, during the regular season, they do a shootout and they end the regulation if it's still tied. I think they might play one overtime and then do a shootout, right? So, in the NHL, the, the, the new All-Star game format is so different. But I, I know in right. a regular in, in, I know in a regular game, it's a five-minute overtime and then a shootout if it's still tied. Right. What do you think about that if the NBA would do a slam dunk contest to, to decide to, uh, to, to win if it, if it, it, it ends up in a tie? I mean, I think that would be fine because nobody gives a crap about the NBA All-Star game anymore. Right. If, just if, just if, like if, if I'm honest. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl no more, you know. I right. mean, they need to do something that's kind of spice that up, kind of bring a little bit of audience there because I don't even watch it anymore. I mean, it's an absolute clown show. But, uh, yeah, uh, enjoy your next couple of days yet now. What you should have done today is wore your crimson uh, tie, you know, with your, with some crimson shoes. Then you would have really felt like a winner. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah, absolutely you are a winner, right, You know, I love calling into your show. You know that. You know, uh, I mean, or, or you could even wear a Boston Red Sox tie. Even I mean, I, I can settle for either one. You know. Oh my God! Here we. I I knew you would find a way to bring the Red Sox into this. I always do, man. I always do. I always do, man. Diehard Red Sox fan, I mean. But uh, fixing to start the second half of the season. I can't wait till October so the Yankees fall flat on their feet. Because uh, I'm telling you right now, if the Mariners win, make the make the playoffs, they don't want no part of that team. I'm just saying. No, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Martin, right. appreciate you as always, my man. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Have a good one, buddy.
if you want to be like Martin and get in on the hotline, 337-706-0111. And again, in Acadiana, we are simulcasting on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. But James, back to that Lakers conversation. I mean, LeBron and Westbrook and Anthony Davis had to have a conversation about their commitment to the team. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that the Lakers had their worst year as a franchise last year, 33-49. and 49. But, I mean, if you got to have a phone call to go, hey, you still good? You still want to play here? Like, what are we even doing? It, the team is ridiculous <laughs> in my eyes. The Just even the idea that they thought it was going to work out, to me, was crazy when they first did it. I mean, do you... Do, do, Westbrook only knows how to play one type of basketball. He doesn't play off ball. Not that good a defense. Was never able to shoot. Still can't. Never will. He started to become more turnover prone. I mean, he's just not that good of a basketball player anymore. And and we still consider him a Hall of Famer. Yep. How many Hall of Famers have we known that if he gets traded this offseason... We play for five teams in five seasons, right? How many have done that? And, and, then, and then they want to make it even more of a clown show by trying to bring in Kyrie. I don't see how it works. I mean, LeBron and Russ—they aren't apparently they're going to the same games and being near each other, but not interacting with one another. What? It's, it's beyond me, man. It is absolutely beyond me the lakers are a clown show and the only reason that people turn them on now is to watch them implode but i i digress on that hill let's get back to sec media days let's talk about lane kiffin i mean we 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 talked about him a little bit what a just what an absolute guy you know he he's such a He's such a character. He's such a an interesting guy to, to listen to him talk about a bunch of different topics. But, you know, again, we, we talked about super conferences and NIL changing the landscape of college football. And a lot of people yesterday or, or were, were sitting there going, you know, is the sport of college football going to be better for these moves, you know, the NIL and the Super Conferences. Will that make college football better? And so Lane Kiffin was asked yesterday if, will we look back in five years and think that college football is better then than it, than it was now? I think that just depends on your view of things and what you consider better. I don't think it will be because, you know, maybe I'm not a traditionalist in a lot of areas because you have to evolve and how you run programs and change on offense. but. Um, I think for rivalries to be broken up and, um, you know, people that have been in conferences so long, like, you know, these four, you know, major teams have to move like they are, uh, you know, really, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's about money. And, you know, if it wasn't about money, they wouldn't be doing it. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's really good um, for the history of college football. I don't think we'll look back and say, wow, that was awesome. And, and, you know, it, it's funny because when 
when Lane Kiffin speaks, it's so monotonous, right? You know, just now, that was a very monotone delivery, but at the same time, he kept you engaged and he kept you interested the entire time. That That's what I mean when I say Lane, Ki- Lane Kiffin has a persona and, and a character about him. And then, you know, he spent some time also talking about NIL and the transfer portal, how, how the transfer portal is really going to change the game of college football. I think not only is he here to stay until rules are changed, you're going to see more of it. So that wasn't just a novelty to go into the portal. You know, now you have with NIL, which you're seeing, which could have been easy to predict if you knew what was going to happen. Okay, now you have the portal at the same time as the NIL. So now, usually the portal was, I'm not happy because I'm not playing, so I'm going to leave. Now you have, I'm not happy, I'm not playing like I want, I want to leave. Now you have, I'm a whole group that's going to be, I'm playing really well, I want to go make more money. So to me, you're going to see more people in the portal, and that's already started to happen. And then the the third topic that, Lane really touched on that we found interesting is Lane Kiffin was asked, you know, what's his expectations for Brian Kelly and the Tigers of LSU? Working with Coach O a couple different places was awesome and playing against the last couple years. So he just sent me a picture from South Florida the other day. So he's doing well down there. And Coach Kelly having, you know, played against him in the USC-Notre Dame rivalry. Has done a great job, and his teams usually are really disciplined and perform really well. So I'm sure he'll do really good. Transitioning to the topic of the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns now. Two Cajuns getting drafted today. Bo Bonds getting selected by Toronto in the 13th round, and then Tyler Robertson getting selected in the 14th round by the San Diego Padres. Robertson becomes the first Cajun to ever be selected by San Diego, and all indications lead that Robertson will leave the program and go join the Padres organization. Now, Bo Bonds, still a little up in the air. Just had Tommy John surgery, looking at a 12- to 18-month recovery. How does that affect his decision? You know, does he feel like he needs to rehab at a college program and come prove himself one more year? Or does he think he's done enough to, you know, go sit in a minor league system while he rehabs and, and prepares to get back on the field? So we'll see what happens there. We'll keep you updated with that as it develops and and James you know another thing that a lot of people are talking about from SEC media days today is Nick Saban brought up the Jimbo Fisher controversy and we'll get back to that let's go to the hotline Doc's calling in what's up Doc how much I was calling I watched that the whole Lane Kiffin thing was he still trolling like the reporters too I saw there was something about him asking where he didn't know how to look and then my other thing was, was that a spray-on tan he had, or is he just naturally that orange? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. Thank, thanks, oh, for the, thanks for the call, Doc. Yeah. So that, uh, the, the tan thing could be one or two things. I mean, he could have spent a lot of time at the beach this offseason, or he could have gotten a spray tan. But with how he looked, my guess is spray tan. Anyways, the the... The not knowing where to look. 
the the issue was is that the media room where they hold the press conferences is so full of people and there's only three microphones that SEC staff pass around to people that have their hands raised. And so at, at any given point, anybody from anywhere in the room can be asking a question. And, and Lane was, I think Lane was being genuine there. He, he really didn't know. He couldn't point out where the question was coming from. Um, so he had passed a comment that he didn't know where to look. And he asked that whoever was asking the question would just simply stand up. Um, and so actually today, that was kind of the policy, if you will. Uh, if you were asking a question, they asked that, that you stand up to deliver the question. So I, I, don't, I don't know that Lane was trolling. Uh, that, that's definitely a good you know, way of looking at it because I wouldn't put it past Lane to, to troll reporters. But I, I don't think he was in that instance. Um, but again, going back to Nick Saban, he was quoted saying that he has no issues with Jimbo Fisher. And I just don't know that that's true. I, I just, I can't believe that that's true. He said, I have no issues or problems with Jimbo. I always take criticisms or whatever in a positive way to self-assess me personally in terms of maybe there's something I can do better. So any comments that anybody makes, you or any coach, I always take into consideration. James, do you think that's smoke and mirrors, or do you think that he actually has no more beef with Jimbo? I think he's trying to not have the beef with Jimbo, but Jimbo still wants to have the beef with, <laughs> with well, Nick. Right. So right. It, it's kind of, it's, it almost feels like it's a one-way street. It's like, I don't... Saban has never been one to me to like try and have controversy with people. So I think he, he's trying to avoid as much as possible, even though he may have certain thoughts and feelings toward people but he doesn't want to have a certain controversy with it but now the fact that it is he's like just trying to avoid as much as possible but Jimbo's all about it so it it is impossible to get away from yeah no no doubt about it let's go to the poll question on Facebook will Miguez make it through SEC media day Ty Toops comment says no can't wait to listen on Friday it should be very amusing and then Martin said you know What's the use of even staying now? Legendary coach has already spoken. Nick Saban, hashtag Roll Tide. And he says, the SEC is Saban's island, and he's smashed everyone and is in God mode now. And he posted a picture of Roman Reigns with Nick Saban's face over him. Well, okay. That's, uh, that's interesting, to say the least, Martin. Martin is a different breed. He, he, he is a different breed. Absolutely. All right. Again, live from SEC Media Days here in Atlanta, Georgia, Radio Row. little quiet now, now that it's 619 Atlanta time. A lot of shows are, are getting off the air, and so uh, the, the crowd has definitely cleared up from earlier this morning. James, we, 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 we have a party tonight. And I, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm looking forward to it. What kind of party is it? I mean, so they they are letting a couple of South Louisiana guys walk into Mercedes-Benz Stadium, home of the Atlanta Falcons, for a media gathering of sorts with 
drinks and appetizers and you know just a, a, a good networking opportunity. They're even going to be playing the All-Star game on the big screens. Ooh, okay. Yeah, right? And, you know, we'll talk more about that later. But, man, I, I just got to say, the, the way that the SEC has put this together and even treated members of the media with, with, with the absolute, you know, most class and respect, it, it's very well put together. If you ever have the chance to get to SEC Media Days, definitely recommend you doing so. All right, 621 here in Atlanta. Let's take a timeout. But before we do so, I got to fill you in on something about our title sponsors at Bordelon Furniture. Again, Power Recliner on sale this month only, $6.99. Locations in Crowley, Jennings, and Marksville. I know the Bordelon family personally. Very good people. They're going to take great care of you at Bordelon Furniture. So definitely take advantage of that deal if you have the opportunity. Also, the Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball, and we want to help you see them live in person. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Now that Astros weekend getaway ends tomorrow. So if you haven't registered yet, make sure you do so before tomorrow. Because again, that game with the Mariners rapidly approaching next Saturday at the Juice Box. We'll take time out right here. Jim Nagy, the executive producer of the Reese Senior Bowl, will join us on the other side. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, live from Atlanta on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Our guy Miguez is lonely in Atlanta. So why don't you drop him a line on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. Or comment on our Facebook page. Back to the SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time, presented by Bordelon Furniture. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, live from the College Football Hall of Fame for the 2022 SEC Media Days. Matt Miguez here. I am joined by Mr. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl, former NFL scout. Jim, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, man. It's great. It's good to be here. So walk us through, you know, the, the Reese Senior Bowl. You've been in the position of the executive director for four years now. You know, how has that been and the evaluation process? You know, when does that process start? How long do you guys evaluate players before determining that they're going to make the senior bowl roster? Yeah, no, it's been it's been a little bit of a change from uh, from my days in the NFL and scouting. There's a lot more to this job than just uh, watching tape and writing reports. Uh, there's there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. And, and we, what we've tried to do is you know, really build out a, a true football operation. Um, and I, I guess that's a little selfish on my part because I, I couldn't do this job if I weren't like, you know, with a bunch of other guys. So we, we're, we're in the process right now of putting our scouting staff together right now, kind of year to year with that, um, and bringing a bunch of guys that get let go um, 
in the in the hiring firing cycle after the draft. Uh, kind of want to give those guys a soft landing spot for a year. Like last year, staff three guys um, got back into the NFL uh, this year, so that's kind of the model. That's kind of what we we want to do. I think we had 120 years of experience on last year's staff. So putting that together, um, we're going to scout those guys up. We'll be at games all fall. Um, you know, one of my favorite things we do on Twitter on Saturdays is um, these guys are shooting pregame videos of, the, of all the prospects moving around in the field, doing their drills, um, and we're all over the country. Like we've got scouts in L.A., Montana, Phoenix, Dallas, Chicago, Charlotte, um, so we're going to be everywhere covering this thing. And then we'll invite probably the top 90 to 100 players uh, the first week in November. Um, don't want to put out the invites before that. I think that the coaches, um, you know, see that as a distraction for their players. Absolutely. So, you know, you want to stay in the coaches' good graces. And then we'll, we'll finish it up. We usually bring about 120 players. We'll invite that last 20 to 30 guys uh, after the season ends in December because, again, players do get better over the course of the year. Like in November, I mean, you, we do see guys change. So I want to – you can't fill out the entire roster um, in early November. you got to give those, those guys a chance to uh, get better and kind of show themselves. So you guys at the Risa Senior Bowl have had a great track record of putting guys into the NFL. You know – highly regarded as probably the best you know, senior bowl college all-star game in, in the country what puts you guys above you know the east west shrine game and the other all-star games well i think you said it putting guys and we have we've had 106 guys drafted over the last two in each of the last two years um and that's a big spike from where we were at 2016 17 18 those numbers were in the low 80s and now we're up well over 100 the last couple of years um, and I think that's just about getting the guys excited about playing in the game. Um, and I mean, really, the number that we're most proud of is over the last three, our first three years, um, over 92% of our guys have made rosters as rookies. Um, and that's a big number. So the guys know if they come play in the game, I mean, uh, really good chance they're going to they're going to play in the NFL. Um, that's what makes it different. I think uh, you know the other All Star games combined haven't had a first round pick since the year 2000, and we've had. We've had 27 in the last four years alone. I think that number is close to 100 players, 100 first-round picks. So, um, yeah, it's just you know kind of a track record. Now, staying with the focus on, on the SEC, you know, hi- highly regarded as the most dominant conference in college football. No question. <laughs> you know, the the talent level from from your perspective, from an evaluation perspective, is is there a talent gap? between the sec and everybody else yeah and there's a style gap too i mean it's just faster and it's more physical uh it's more violent league yeah there's clear you look at every year's draft i I, it's it's funny our numbers um i had the guys in the office run our numbers for sec players over the last four years and it's it's like right at 25 percent of our rosters have been sec guys and that's really exactly what it's been for the NFL draft over the last five or six years is right around that 25% figure of the entire draft comes from the SEC. So, yeah, it is different. And there's talent. I mean, shoot, we've had Division three players get drafted in the third and fourth round the last couple of years in, coming out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, for, as, a, in, in, in a, as a whole, um, the SEC certainly is, is, uh, is the best league in college football. Chatting with Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. NIL and realignment really changed the football yeah. over the last, I can't even say couple of years because it's been about 18 months. Right, right. Uh, from, from, from that side of things, how do you see that affecting college football? And I know that might sound like an obvious question. You know, from 
from a evaluation process, how does realignment and these super leagues that we seem to be trending towards affect you guys? Well, the, I'm, I'll, I'll just tell you one challenge we faced right now. We've faced it. The NFL guys are facing it too. Um, is just tracking these players, like the portal thing. Is that we don't know where guys are anymore. You know, like you don't even. I mean, these guys are in and out of that portal so much. So that's been a challenge. But with the NIL stuff, I think. Uh, you know, I think you might see more guys opting out of stuff because um, they're going to have more money in their pocket. But I think it's going to be a benefit. I think if you're a if you're a third or fourth or fifth round guy or sixth round guy that really in past years was jumping in the NFL to make some money and support your family, if you have some NIL money in your pocket, maybe you're not making that jump. Um, so I think that could be a benefit, really, when you talk about like what we do and what the NFL teams are interested in. But yeah, you you nailed it. I mean, the last 18 months, it's been a huge shift. Last question I've got for you, Jim. Obviously, you know, Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, he's the top quarterback. We've talked about a couple quarterbacks in the SEC that could stand out. But I really want to just look at at players in general. You know, who from the SEC already as top for you guys at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, I would, uh, I'm kind of visually looking at our board, working across, uh, like Cedric, Cedric Tillman, the wideout from Tennessee, uh, Ali Gay, the pass rush, rusher from LSU, Nolan Smith, uh, outside linebacker from Georgia, uh, Jordan Battle, DeMarco Hellams, even the two, both safeties from Alabama. Um, yeah, it's good. Nick Brokers, one of the, one of our top offensive linemen, Ole Miss, who was, who was walking around here yesterday. Uh, Cameron Latu is one of our top tight ends, the Alabama tight end. So uh, Kenny McIntosh, the running back from Georgia. So there's, it's going to be a good year. And then like Will Levis, um, Hennon Hooker at the quarterback position from Kentucky and Tennessee. So uh, yeah, that's kind of where it starts this year. Those, those guys are near the top. Fantastic. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Appreciate you taking the time, Jim. Have a great rest of your week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll be back after this timeout to talk some more SEC Media Days here on Crunch Time with Miguel Zemesh. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The circus that is SEC Media Days is in Atlanta, and Miguel Zemesh have you covered. Here is the SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time, presented by Portalon Furniture on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Atlanta. Crunch time with me, Mesh, live here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, back in the master control suite. James, I've noticed as Radio Row starts to empty. My voice starts to echo, and 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 people from all over the the room are are, are staring at me while I'm trying to finish up my show. <laughs> so this is this is a good time. Um, but during the break, you know, you found some uh, some interesting Saints news to get into. Yes, I saw from Nick Underhill that wide receiver Rashid Shahid was placed on the non-football injury list. Well, that's not great news. Um, no, that that can only mean a couple things, and uh, ne- neither none of them end well. No, ne- neither are, neither are good options. Right, right. Um, so, obviously, wish the best for Rashid Shahid as he is placed on the non-football injury list by the New Orleans Saints. All right, now 
Looking at the MLB quickly before we wrap up day two of SEC Media Days, you know, you've got the All-Star game tonight, and then, you know, the the Yankees, not the Yankees, well, technically the Yankees, but the Astros, they're going to come back on Thursday with a with a daunting task. They got to host the Yankees for two. Back to back. I mean, that's a that's a grueling, you know, welcome back to work. You get the best team in baseball? Which by the way, while we're on the topic of the Yankees, episode number 1 of the docu series The Captain came out last night and it is all about Derek Jeter and how he got to the big leagues and his career and man let me tell you episode number one was fantastic so if you haven't watched it if you have ESPN plus check out episode number one episode number two coming out on Thursday once again incredible work great insight into the life and career of Derek Jeter James I, I gotta ask you, looking at the All-Star Game quickly, the American League obviously more dominant. Give me a prediction for All-Star Game MVP. I gotta remind myself of the roster real quick. MV, MVP-wise, you said the American League is... Well, yeah, the American League is going to be your your more dominant conference, more, more dominant league with guys like Shohei Otani, and, you know, for the Astros, you got Framber Valdez playing and, and a couple others. But, I mean, you, you look at the game, you look at baseball as a whole, you know, you've got the Yankees, the Astros. You go a little bit further down, the Mariners, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. The Orioles are, are winning at a high clip here lately. I mean, the American League is just bars above the National League. Um. In terms, in terms of my MVP, I mean, is it a cop out to say Shohei Otani? Maybe a little bit, but I feel like my answer could also be a cop out and just pick Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah. I maybe, mean, you, you, but maybe one that could surprise us. Maybe Juan Carlos Stanton. Really? I mean. Could, would you, could you just purposely walk Shohei and Aaron Judge and then somebody else has to do the heavy load and one of, them, one of them could be Stanton? You could always see Mike Trout ball out, but just just going for one off the wall, Juan, Juan Carlos Stanton. That's that's true. I, I'll, I'll give you that one. That's, that's fair. Now, a couple more minutes here in this segment before we move on to our final segment of the day. Looking at SEC Media Day for tomorrow, man, tomorrow is going to be absolutely incredible for Cajuns fans if they want to get into it. Try Billy Napier. Going to be on the podium tomorrow representing the University of Florida. Sam Pittman will join us for the Arkansas. Kirby Smart will take the podium for the defending national champs. And Mark Stoops from Kentucky. Great day tomorrow here at the College Football Hall of Fame. We'll take a timeout right here. We'll wrap up today's edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. On the other side, you're listening to the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 in Lake Charles. 
It is Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and it is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Don't go anywhere. We're wrapping up hour number two and today's show on the other side. The circus that is SEC Media Days is in Atlanta, and Miguez and Mesh have you covered. Here is the SEC Media Days edition of Crunch Time, presented by Portalon Furniture on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston. Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. We got a couple minutes left in today's show. And James and I are, are going to do a kind of a recap of, of day two of the SEC Media Days. But before I do that, I want to take the opportunity to thank our title sponsor for SEC Media Days, Borderline Furniture, locations in Crowley, Jennings, and Marksville. And guys, this month through the end of July, power recliner on sale, only $6.99. Perfect addition to the man cave, the office, whatever, you know, however you, you get away to watch college football. Go pick it up. Again, $6.99. Great power recliner on sale this month only at Borda Law Furniture. All right, James Mesh, how how you how you doing back there in, in the studio all, all by yourself? I'm doing fine. I've had the intern Dare with me the whole time supporting me. The only question is... How are you feeling after your second day? So I'm, I'm going to say that I'm happy that intern Daryl is hanging out with you. Um, that makes me feel better because I was worried about you, bud. I was worried. Um, but day two, SEC Media Days was fun. You know, we heard from, heard from Nick Saban this morning, and he, I've said this a lot today, but he really does a great job of answering a question without saying anything. It's just a lot of it's just a lot of noise, right? right. Answering the question without really answering the question, and because like I noticed that because I sat there and listened to him talk, and I never asked a question. I was really just sitting there listening, and you know I'm looking around, and these people are asking them questions, and they've got this look on their face, like, okay, great, you know, my question got answered, but did it? <laughs> he acknowledged <laughs> that I asked the question, but. I don't think he actually answered it. He just said words. Yeah, he, he spoke for about 45 seconds and said absolutely nothing. So that was interesting. And then, you know, Mike Leach, that guy's always, he's just something else. Um, and it, it's just, it's fun when, when those guys are here, you know, Saban and Leach, because that's when all the fans show up. They want to be in the building. When Nick Saban's here, we got we got people in, in the lobby of the College Football Hall of Fame wearing Alabama national championship rings as hats. Oh my god! Like it, dude. It is. It is a. It Raymond Parsha III is not joking when he calls this place a circus. And, and and since you we are calling it a circus over there, I'm wondering since we're halfway there now, are you feeling exhausted? Have you hit like a mental wall? You know, I really thought that I would hit a mental wall at this point. Especially since it's your first time. Right. But I, I'm going to tell you, man, I'm probably the best dressed person here <laughs> both days. 
for for the the second day in a row. And so I don't know. That's just got my confidence, you know, sky high. So I'm I'm still rolling. Not not to mention the Dr Pepper still keeping you up. Yeah, the the God's gift to Earth Chick Fil A Dr Pepper still uh, still reeling me in as well. But no, dude. So to so tonight after after SEC Media Days wraps up, we're gonna head to Mercedes Benz Stadium for a media party. Ooh. With beer, wine, and heavy hors d'oeuvres, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, all right. Well, since since you're going to be doing some exciting things, a couple more questions. Since yeah, that, I, now that I'm wondering, since I haven't been able to experience SEC Media Days, has there anything that's been kind of underwhelming or something that you thought was going to be exciting, but you really you got to and you're like, oh wow, that okay, this this was kind of lame. I'm not. I'm, the, this one uh, kind of went under the radar for me. I, I'm not gonna lie. Nothing. Nothing has been underwhelming here yet. Um, you know, listening to Brian Kelly speak yesterday, getting to interview Roman Harper yesterday. Uh, later this week, I'll, I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Later this week, I'll be sitting down with Benjamin Watson. Ooh. Um, <laughs> okay. So, you know. Jim Nagy stopped by today. Drake Jake Crane stopped by today. Uh, Nick Saban walked about five feet from me earlier. So, I mean, I don't know that I could say anything's been underwhelming. So, since everything's been exciting, what's what, what, what's been your favorite part so far? What's been my favorite part of SEC Media Day so far? You know... It's gotta it's it's gotta be hanging out with the big bald beautiful one. <laughs> oh, he's getting <laughs> he's getting brownie points. He's getting brownie but, points but, right now. But in, but in seriousness, it's just you know getting to be in the same building with with professionals that you know do the same thing or even at a higher level than you, and just getting to network and getting to know all these people that that work in the same field is uh, is pretty incredible. And and have you been able to share contacts with your uh, with your scan and code? Yes, actually, people are very impressed by my digital business card. Just scan the QR code because because what's really cool about it is if you scan the QR code, it literally creates a contact with all of my information. So they literally just have to scan it and then hit save, and then they have my number, email, everything. Wow! So. Okay. People have really, really loved that. And then you don't have to worry about carrying an actual business card around, which my pocket is full of. <laughs> so, well, but yeah. It sounds like you've had a good time so far. It's been fun. Two more days to go. Billy Napier tomorrow. Uh, Florida Day tomorrow. And then you got Jimbo on Thursday. You know, everybody's going to be interested to hear what, uh, what old Jimbo has to say. Because, you know, it, it, it's funny. The the Saban Jimbo stuff, I feel like that's kind of died down a little bit. Yeah, I don't think they want to bring that up again. I think but I, if anything is going to happen, it would just be Jimbo bringing it up himself. Right. But that's what I was. That's what I was about to say. I would not be surprised if Jimbo pokes fun at it on Thursday. He may do it subtly, unless someone asks him about it. Then it's going to be, it's just going to be hell on earth at that point. No, yeah, no, absolutely. 
So yeah, two days down, two days to go. We're going to be bringing you a ton more coverage over the next 48 hours here from the College Football Hall of Fame. Raymond Parsh III will bring you RP3 and Company every morning from 6 to 9. James and I will bring you Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh every afternoon from 4 to 6. But that's going to do it for today's edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. want to once again thank Jake Crane, Jim Nagy for joining us today. Thank you to everyone who called in. James, thanks for all you do. I'm Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, give a big old hug to your mom and them. I'm going to eat some hors d'oeuvres. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.